0: hello ladies and ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 60 of the jake this of jake johansson podcast thank you so much for listening as always and uh, for whatever else you're doing while you're listening oh you know i want to say thank you to all the people who came out this week uh, or last week to the dc improv Uh, It was some great times, and if you missed it, I'm sorry you missed it, and I will see you next time. Also, big thank you to my friend Elliot from Elliot in the Morning on DC 101, the radio station, for having me on his show and all the people who came out because they heard me on his show and for coming out to hang out. We had a great time, and uh, he even sprang for dinner. That's the type of guy he is. I know he presents a gruff exterior on that morning radio, maybe not gruff, but he seems awfully naughty to me, and uh, then when you hang out with him, he's a really great guy. So thanks, Elliot. If you're still listening to my podcast, I appreciate all your support. So thank you. Thank you, people of uh, Washington, D.C. I'm actually still in Washington, D.C. in the time travel uh, aspect of the show where where I'm doing it before you're hearing it. And so today is Sunday. It's the last day. So tonight is going to be the big pre-Memorial Day show at the D.C. Improv. And today I'm going to tour um, Fort Theater, where uh, maybe you've heard of it. It was where President Lincoln was shot. And then uh, we're going to go. You can go to the hotel across the street where he passed away. There's a museum. Sounds like a cheery day, doesn't it, everyone? And I'm going to be doing that with my uh, friend Frank Gannon, who was on a a, a past episode of the podcast. And uh, he is a uh, D.C. insider and uh, political aficionado. And so he's going to give me some insights. Yesterday, we went to the museum in Washington, D.C., which I can't say that i recommend uh if you watch the news that's really enough you don't need to go to a museum of the news uh but that's just me they have a big a big tv in there it is a super big tv it's bigger than the helicopter they have hanging in the lobby but you don't have to pay to see that because the whole building is glass you can stand outside you can look in the window and go look at that tv it is bigger than that helicopter and uh, that's where we are in uh, in our evolution, ladies and gentlemen, our TVs are bigger than our helicopters. But hang 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 on a minute, I keep telling you, uh, where I've been. Uh, let me tell you where I'm going, and then let's get on with some more descriptions of helicopters and televisions. Um, well, thanks to D.C., you know, in a couple of weeks I'll be up in Seattle. September 20th and 21st, I'll be at Laughs Comedy Spots in Kirkland, Washington, and I do love Laughs. And then September 22nd, I have to admit, I lied to you. Uh, I told you I was going to be a place in Portland that is not the place that I'm going to be. I'm still working that out, but I will be in Portland on September 22nd, and I will be doing a show, and it will be open to the public, and uh, that means that you can uh, attend. So um, I'm going to update my website with that information. Check back and harangue me if necessary on Twitter at Jake This. But September 22nd, I'll be in Portland, and that's in Oregon, ladies and gentlemen. October 6th, I will be participating in the LA Pod Fest Podcast Festival, but it will also be uh, on for October 4th and 5th. Uh, they've got they sell up. All In Pass, we can go to everybody's show. You know, Mark Maron's going to be involved in that. And uh, quite a few of the other uh, pod, pod, podcasters that I know. I'm looking forward to meeting some of them. Uh, I think there's going to be some death squad people there. I really want to get to uh, know those guys a little bit because I'm loving what they're doing. And uh, also, who else do I want to meet? Jimmy Pardo. I'd like to meet Jimmy Pardo. There, I'm putting that out in the universe, Jimmy. I've heard you say it. Now I've said it. Now we're going to meet. I think it's going to happen. Um, okay. I'm still, I'm bogging down, ladies and gentlemen, with these plugs. October 16th through 20th, I'm going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota at Acme Comedy. Uh, Club October sixteenth to twentieth, Minneapolis. I'm going to be in Denver in November at the Comedy Works. Always love it there. November. I'm going to be in Zanies in Chicago, uh, November fourteenth or I think it's November fifteenth. and November sixteenth, I'll be out in Rosemont near Chicago, near the airport Aeroporto, as they say in Espanol. Uh, in and November 29th to December 1st, I'll be down in Fort Lauderdale at the Improv. That's always a party. That's party central, actually, that place. Uh, December 5 through 8, I will be in Cleveland, Ohio, taping my next special for uh, your viewing pleasure. But you can watch it before it gets taped if you come down. On December fifth through eighth, or you can watch it as it gets taped. So, Cleveland, Ohio, hilarities, December five through eight. Uh, you can visit me at jakethis.com dot com and find out more information about that, or follow me on Twitter at jake this, or listen to my podcast, Jake This of Jake Johansson, and uh, that's what you're doing right now. So, what was I what was I saying? Ah, well, we've got some Abraham Lincoln history that we're doing today. Yesterday, as I said, we went to the museum. Do not recommend it um but it's worth a walk by to see the tv that's bigger than the helicopter and uh, then we went to the national art gallery which is free unlike the museum which they charge you 22 dollars to get in and you can see the friggin giant tv from the street okay uh the national gallery we can go look at some art is free you can just walk in there our tax dollars at work america and um I saw this uh, exhibit that uh, was recommended by my friend Frank, uh, the Diaghilev exhibit and he was a uh, ballet empresario, a ballet uh, theater impresario and, and the costumes and the kind of the explanation of all the things that he did was really really great and really beautiful. So if you're in DC and you get a chance to go to the National Gallery and see the Diaghilev exhibit, uh, I would do that. And if you don't care about those things, then then don't. <laughs> then crank it up on your treadmill and work out. Or good luck with your lawn mowing business. Um, hey, what else am I doing? I found out some things about Americans. Our health is not so good. Our health care in America is not as good. We spend more on our health care than other nations, and we're getting less out of it. Isn't I think you've probably heard that before. But I was a little shocked to read this National Research Council report about uh, we, oh, man, comparing the health of Americans to the residents of 16 other nations. And uh, I was surprised to hear that we're behind Spain, everyone. And uh, look, I love Spain, and I hope to visit Spain someday. But uh, when you're losing to Spain, you mean you need to take a look at yourself. Take a look at the man in the mirror and uh, maybe make a change. Uh, here's another thing I saw about Americans and our health care. They've invented this thing, and I'm going to pr- try and put a link I'm going to post the video on my website on the podcast page. But there's this thing that you can get if you're overweight. You know, people get the stomach surgery thing where they have their stomachs reduced so they can't eat as much. This is a thing where they put put a valve in your stomach that that comes out like above your belly button. And there's a there's a video of a lady sort of doing sort of doing this, but you can see the valve. It's on above her stomach. This plastic valve that they put in to your stomach. So you eat, you eat whatever you want. And then you go in the bathroom, and there's this motorized pump that you hook up to the valve that sucks the food out of your stomach and puts it into the toilet. So you can see this lady's uh, gut, if you will, and the valve... And and this little pump thing, as she's pumping the food out of her stomach after she's eaten, super dignified, everyone, super duper dignified, and uh, really, that's where we are. Technology, we put a man on the moon, on the moon, and now we've created a situation. Now, how is that different? And of course, it is different. But how is it better than the Roman purge pit, where you, <laughs> where you just eat so much and then you go puke in the vomitorium? It is. Uh, it, it's easier on your teeth. I can tell you that, because that throwing up can be hard on the enamel of your teeth. But uh, holy cow, that's where we are. That's where we are, everyone, science. So it's either we're all going to get a pump installed in our stomach so we can eat as much as we want. Hey, never mind that the planet can't support as many humans as we've got on it possibly already. But now we're going to eat more than we actually need so that we can gut pump it out into the toilet so hello starving people in other parts of the world that's what we're doing in the u.s of america and uh, oh my god so that so i read that article and then i read this other article about how insects are the new protein we're all going to be eating insects in the future because it's so much easier to produce than cattle like you can produce a you can just have a drawer full of crickets Mating and reproducing in your house, and then you harvest. You go into your cricket drawer. You have to keep it probably out in the garage because they're going to be a little noisy at night. If you've ever had a cricket in your room, it is a tough night's sleep. Uh, it's hard to deal with a cricket. and Then when you go to catch them, as soon as you turn the light on, they shut up. These crickets, this evolution thing, it is. Uh, they they know what they're doing, crickets. And uh, we're going to be eating them. We're going to be making them into uh, patties. <laughs> cricket patty. Uh, I remember her from high school, don't you? Cricket patty. Um, we're going to be eating cricket patties in the future. It just makes me, I, so this is, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm going on the internet. I'm searching. I'm going to try and figure out how to grow my own crickets and harvest. them. my wife wants chickens, but I can't deal with chickens. But I think I might be able to deal with crickets. She is not going to be happy when she finds out about this. Um, I'm going to get the crickets. I'm going to raise some crickets. I'm going to make some cricket patties. And then I'm going to get a composting toilet. So I'm going to poop the cricket patties right back out into my composting toilet put that in my yard and use it to grow some more plants to feed the crickets I'm, I'm gonna eat the plants i'm not feeding those to the crickets anyway those are some things that i'm up to uh this week and that i've found out to share with you and uh, what else have i found out to share with you well i talked while i was in washington dc to my friend chris white who's also a comedian but he's also a journalist and he works for the um CQ Roll Call, at which he explains in the interview. But uh, he interv- oh, he's he's married to the woman who uh, manages and owns a partial owner of the DC Improv, Allison, and so well, she is mentioned in this interview. But uh, Chris works for the CQ Roll Call, and they one of their projects is every term of Congress, they go and interview all of the congressmen and write a profile of them, so that. Uh, people who want or are going to meet with a congressman want to find out like what the deal is and what he's interested in and passionate about and if he might be open to their cause then they read these profiles so he's interviewed a ton of congresspeople in those clowns as we refer to them in the rest of the u.s of america but uh, i know we all love our own congressperson and senate senators but uh, sometimes we think the other ones are a little bit of bozos and so he and i talked about that and um and other things and he is generally a likable chap he looks to be very young he's got uh, a fair complexion and red hair and uh, we talked about this book and his interviewing the congress people and i thought it was a fun conversation and i hope that you enjoy it so without further adieu here is my conversation at the dc improv with chris white (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we 're on's
0: gone my podcast has a has a, a sort of a, a, a kind of an amateur quality to it that's funny. To, that i i, I say it 's part of its charm uh, and so, yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's on. Okay. We've already um, started.
1: So among, among other things, so uh, I don't, I don't like your your hidden microphone techniques. Oh, your... that that was on.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: When did you stop being your wife, Senator?
0: I don't ask those type of questions.
1: No, no. no. So, but I don't. So we used to do it on a, on a you know on a regular basis, just as much as humanly possible. But then you know I, I have a regular job because it is not lucrative podcast I mean, podcasts. Is, I can't speak to your, no. your whether you're raking it in. No. In
0: fact, people, I've got to set up a PayPal donation button, but right now, I don't have the money <laughs> to set, to up, a set up a PayPal donation, and button. that's
1: free. So that, yeah. that's amazing. That, wow.
0: It's not free because you have to figure out how to do it, and that co- that takes time. Oh, opportunity cost. I just yes. heard the statistic the other day that if Bill Gates drops anything under forty thousand dollars, it's not worth it for his time to pick it up. Really? Yeah.
1: So- if Bill Gates is walking across the street and he sees thirty-nine thousand nine hundred dollars lying in the crosswalk. Well then it is worth his money because
0: that's all profit. That's I true. think. But if he loses it I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: Uh, yeah, so anyway, so we had the we did it and it's uh it, it's kind of the other thing is we've talked to a lot of the people. We, we keep putting episodes out there as, as much as possible. Maybe we should start it again, Jake. You've inspired me. I'm gonna go run the best. Well, I life. was under the My
0: impression well, okay, people. so I was talking to your wife Allison, mm-hmm. who runs the club here and owns part of it, and she's That's a big fair. deal. She's a big deal, Huge. and so she was telling me that you stopped doing the podcast. I came in a day early because I was thinking oh, I'll be able to this way I can do all the things that that I want to do and not have to be harried or hurried, mm. as they say in America. And uh, she said, "We know the podcasts we're not doing that now because Chris got another job. But you were doing stand-up. Were you still doing stand-up?
1: I still do stand-up on occasion, yes.
0: Okay. So, I just and don't
1: travel as much. Because
0: so. you have this job.
1: Because I have this job.
0: So tell me about this job.
1: What is this job? I have uh, my job is uh, I work for CQ Roll Call.
0: I've, CQ Roll Call.
1: Yes. And I have to figure out how to phrase this very delicately so that I do not violate any of the terms of my employment <laughs> CQ Roll Call okay, and then well, no you longer have my job, which s- would free me up to podcasts. So maybe Certainly this will, oh,
0: you can tell me what CQ Roll
1: Call I can't. is. CQ Roll Call is a news agency that mm-hmm. is dedicated exclusively to covering Congress. I used to work for what was called Congressional Quarterly, which is not Gentlemen's Quarterly. <laughs> Is that what CQ
0: stands for? No. CQ
1: stands for Congressional Quarterly.
0: But it's different than Congressional Quarterly. Those are two different things. Well,
1: what happened was Roll Call uh, is part of another media conglomerate, the Economist Group. You are familiar with the magazine? You seem like the kind of erudite. The, the Economist? Who reads yes, the Economist.
0: I'm familiar with The Economist. I subscribed to The Economist for a while, and then I got tired of their bullshit. <laughs> um. No, I found that I just couldn't keep up with it. It was like It's like
1: homework after one. It's right? like
0: a lot of news. And it's all thick. You know, there's yeah. no there's nothing about Miley Cyrus in there. Like I could skip over this, I don't need to know this. It's all like, well, I think you want to hear this briefing about it's like being the president. Getting the economist. This is a good ad for them. It's like being the president. Like, holy shit, I gotta read all of this every week and then
1: there's a new one. I used to get the well, I still do. I get the New Yorker. It's, it's a gift subscription. My mom gets me my mommy still buys me the New Yorker and Don't get me started about my mother. I had to tell her to cancel it because
0: I, I realized they're trying to assassinate me with magazines. They're going to they're bury you in magazines because you can't throw them away because there's enough good things in mm-hmm. them, but you can't possibly read all of them. So there's always something in one. Like you never finish, completely finish the thing because then even if you did read everything, there'd be something that, oh, I got to save this because I'm going to tell someone else to read it.
1: That's, I don't know how you chart out, but I've reached the point where... The enjoyment I get out of reading an article, a good article in The New Yorker, is actually now less than the amount of shame and obligation I feel from the huge pile of New Yorkers that is right. stacking up. On my nightstand. So I just – I almost never read. I've, I've gotten to the point of actually started throwing them
0: out. I canceled a lot, all of my subscriptions, and then I resubscribed to Harper's because I realized that there were statistics and little snippets in there that I could actually use in the podcast. But mostly I get my news now from someone who comes up to me and goes, hey, did you hear about this? Yeah. Or I see that on Twitter. Hey, did you hear about this? Yeah. And then I read That's the thing about capacity. it on Twitter.
1: Yeah. I, just, I have – it's like the New Yorker. And uh, uh, The Economist and Hustler Barely Legal. And that's all I have now. That's where I get all my news. Uh, Hustler (laughs) Barely barely Legal. Barely.
0: Legal. That's legal. It is legal. That's legal. I don't even, I'm too old to even click on the teen, you know, action teen thing in the porn section. It's just like, it creeps me out. I can't, I can't do it. Um, but anyway, good. we've they, digressed. crest. Let's get back to Congress. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's take let's make a little U turn away from not? the teen porn. And, and this, CQ is roll a, call. this is this is a thing that I feel like a lot of Congress people have trouble doing. Is like, hey, say no to the teen porn. And let's get back to work.
1: I cannot speak to that. However, uh, yeah. uh, my job is uh, I work for CQ Roll Call, which is a news agency. We cover Congress, um, and the reason it's CQ Roll Call is because the Economist Group owns Roll Call, and they bought CQ and so they're merged and apparently CQ in the merger lost the ungressional orderly and so now it's just CQ local. Um
0: yes I got it yes. I see yes. well and it's also in the long tradition of why think of a new name when we can just combine the names we already have
1: precisely Precisely.
0: Which brings me to my next question. Did Allison take your name when you guys got married? No. 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 So she's still her and you're still you and she nobody, is. nobody hyphenated. There was anything. no argument.
1: No. Okay. No, not like so. All
0: right, good. Well then now back to C Q roll call. Very
1: good. So my job specifically to answer your question, which I don't think you asked, uh, is I interview and profile congressmen. Uh, that is my job. I, I arrange interviews with them. I read a lot about them in various publications. Some of them, The New Yorker, sometimes also Barely Legal, and uh, then I. But well, mostly you do that. You just Google them, right? Google, Google, and Wikipedia. That's really yeah the, Google, all, the gold standard do for do.
0: research. You can <laughs> walk into a room with anybody after a quick visit to Wikipedia, and just that's just enough to get them started. You know, really, like you just More have to enough. touch the frog and it jumps. You don't have to in tell cases. it all how frogs work.
1: So yeah, so I read as much as I can about them, and then I arrange an interview, and I usually go meet them in their office and chat them up, and then uh, and then we write uh, profiles for them, so which are uh, uh, sold to a. Fast and grateful nation. So. And, and it's is
0: it's it's a published book like a book do, that you can carry some around. Some of it's with you? online,
1: but we also have, it's a textbook that you could easily uh, you could hide a gun in it. You could hide a liquor bottle, in right? It, so nobody you could use it as a murder weapon.
0: Like he used without, to send one to Strom Thurmond because he didn't understand the internet. But now most people just get the a digital thing, right?
1: A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people get it on uh, online. But then we also have like libraries buy it and stuff. It's a it's a giant reference book. It's a little less dry than saying like a. But why a would they buy it when you can internet it? Can
0: I internet it? Can I look at the CQ roll call internet?
1: I, I'm going to guess you don't have the money for a subscription fee. It's not why, It's not like one of those things. You're like, hey, give us a dollar. I'm going to let you look yeah. at this profile. It's if
0: you want to like... read the profile of a congressman, that's proprietary
1: information. <laughs> I'll put this. The, These okay. are elected officials. We should be able to find out about. Oh, them. Well, you absolutely can through other sources other than CQ. I could. Our biz. Yeah. Our, you don't oh,
0: think God. I have access to Wikipedia? Not so much. I do. <laughs>
1: I don't, you don't even have PayPal donation button money. I don't know where you get. I have PayPal, so this is just money.
0: a small. I feel like I'm one tutorial away from this donation button. And it may have already happened, listeners. Um, you may... Please visit my site and try and donate something to me.
1: <laughs> um, but no, so uh, it's... Uh, our clients or the the people, our readers, are people who do business with Congress. So a lot of federal agencies, a lot of other congressional offices themselves, and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, 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 lobbyists and that sort of stuff. So the, the people who deal with Congress and need kind of...
0: Lobbyists are like... Professional, Like, you can't call them bribers. Like, we've hired a briber. We've hired a guy to go in and just bribe our congressman because he knows him. So they call them lobbyists instead. But uh, that's sort of what they do, right? That, it,
1: I, again, I'm not an expert in lobbying or lobbyists. And I can neither confirm nor deny anything you are But it's characterizing. schmoozers. Okay, forget
0: about bribers. They're schmoozers. They're and congressional people specific, schmoozers.
1: People have a specific interest before Congress. And
0: you're trying to make it easy for them to know how to make small talk with these... Dudes and ladies. Of you know,
1: to some extent, that is kind of true. Uh, the whole point is that if you're going in to meet this guy and you uh, you want to talk about a certain issue, you got to know if he even cares about what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you might be useful to know that he loves golf. And you know, when, so. when
0: you say members of Congress, this has always confused me because when I was a kid, mm-hmm. the House of Representatives was, like was what? Congress. Just 112 people, right? <laughs> it, was, it was like <laughs> there only it was,
1: 14 states. I think it was originally yeah, 13 <laughs> people, but
0: um, no, the House of Representatives was Congress, and then the Senate was the Senate. No, Congress. But is now, a, when you say Congress,
1: you mean everything. Congress you mean everything. I mean everything. Okay. Are Even you? the delegates. I mean, this, including the six delegates. Well, who are they? Uh, that would be the uh, the six uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is one of them. Puerto Rico, Guam, American Samoa. And are they seated in the House of Representatives? They are members of. They are non-voting members of the House of Representatives. They can't vote, but do they get to sit in the room and listen, or do they, they make totally them sit, sit at a they little card? Are they nice at a card table? <laughs> do they have a glass a... window that they press their face against the glass. <laughs> uh-huh. No, they there are lots to sit on committees. So they can actually sit uh, and participate in committees and vote in committee. They cannot. Vote on the House floor. They were able to at one point uh, when the Democrats were in charge of everything because they're all Democrats. All six of them are Democrats. Uh
0: So so they don't vote, those representatives from Puerto Rico and But they
1: represent the interests of their their territories or their areas in Congress. Yes. And they're fast. I met them all. They're very interesting people.
0: And you wrote profiles of them. I did. That none of us will ever be able to read. That none of
1: you will ever be able to read. So you've interviewed everybody. So that's how many congressmen are there? 400 and how many? It would be a. a, How many House of Representatives? 435 plus six delegates, so 441 and then 170. Editors, so 541 members of Congress. You did 541 interviews, just you. <laughs> I cannot say that. I have done probably about a hundred, just me. So I probably met about close to 20 percent of Congress face to face. And how, how old are you? I am 36.
0: So, and you're a young-looking guy, too. I am. 30. And so how how would you say these uh, congressmen? Senators and representatives sure. treated you when you went in to interview them for this for this thing. Were they polite? And that is
1: a good question. It uh, I it is uh, depends. I've actually interviewed congressmen who are younger than me, so that is always a that's a great yeah punch in the intellectual kidneys. That's just like you know, hey, I've done nothing with my life, <laughs> and you bring your but
0: sometimes they're from districts. I mean, let's let's face it. If you if your goal was to get into Congress, you could try and move to some. Oh, yeah. Well, that would actually be hard because it'd be insular. You couldn't really move to Wyoming and then buddy up and say, I'd like to be your congressman. You couldn't do that.
1: I, uh, and I know the congresswoman from Wyoming. She's great. I would never do that to her. They She's got lovely. one congresswoman in I Wyoming. I know, for the whole they state. They got two
0: senators and one congress. It's a great state. Beautiful state. It is great.
1: Yeah.
0: Isn't that where Dick Cheney's from?
1: Is there a comedy club there? I'm not going there. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know. I'm sure there is a comedy club in Wyoming, but There's I haven't been to be. it.
1: Um, it's, it's, it is interesting because you, you get the impression – I'll put it this way. I would say that a lot of the people that they do business with and um, – let me start that thought over. The nature of Congress uh, that – it's funny to me when people say like congressmen do nothing or congress does nothing. 100 percent. They are booked – every second of every day that they are here they're traveling all the time they are never not doing something now you might not you might say you don't like the results or you don't like the they're not giving you an end product that you want they all work like dogs the whole time they're here. Okay, maybe not like dogs. Maybe not well, like they're but tied up a lot of it is like, hey,
0: cats. we got There's some voters who are in
1: town as tourists. You got to meet with them. Well, there's some of that, some but then there's guys meetings gotta- and then going to a hearing and then getting briefed on this and then having to run and do that and then it's like and then fundraising's part of your job. So this <laughs> But there's like a non. They work all day long. I mean, ridiculous. And, and so
0: they're, they're used to meeting a lot of, a variety of different they people. They meet a lot of people,
1: and so the, uh, the, the thought that any one congressman is going to sit there and be 100% cognizant when I'm walking into the room, like, hey, this is
0: They're just kind, kind of like, let's I do this, this, this let's take care of this.
1: They've done this same interview a million, or some variety of it, a million times yeah. before. So sometimes they have kind of like the autopilot button, and a lot of, I think for their own, like, perfectly justifiably, they, they can kind of um, flip a switch and give this interview to any of number of people, and they're counting on most people being only marginally prepared, because most people are only marginally prepared. Not like you with your Wikipedia. <laughs> not like me. But I use again Wikipedia. Sometimes you've googled them. You've
0: Wikipediaed them.
1: Sometimes I do Alexa's Nexus search. Depends. Ooh, on how much time. that's you got to pay for that. That's not something we have I access. can do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so you get you get a pet name or something like that, and nah. then and you fire that out there, and it breaks their ice, and then they start telling you about their childhood.
1: They immediately start crying and telling you all, <laughs> all the traumas that led them to Congress. It's, it's wonderful. It's, uh, no, I, I think it's, it's most important to just sort of uh, – it's actually kind of weird because I used to do comedy because – well, I still do comedy, and when you talk to them and you ha- kind of have to converse with them, you have to figure out ways to kind of get them quickly because you really have, like – 30 minutes of their time, 45 uh-huh. if you're lucky. So you really need to figure out a way to kind of get right to it and also stop them from kind of going on autopilot and sort of domineering uh-huh. the conversation. I don't
0: know. Well, kind of, what's what's your technique?
1: Uh, you know, I, I generally try to do something that, it depends on the person, because there's if you if you go in, you can sometimes ask them about the personal stuff first. You can ask them about their background. If you ask them, hey, what did your mom do? What did your dad do? That gets them talking right mm-hmm. away. And it's a question they can answer with confidence and ease. And once they kind of talk to you and you've kind of shared that information without, without it being a creepy question. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Do you like backgrounds? That would be a weird question to open an interview with. But if you just ask them. Because I like them. I like getting them and I like giving them. <laughs> I've tried that. It's yeah. not as effective as you might. I, the one, when it does work, it's a home run, but yeah. usually you're striking out. That's all I'm saying. So sometimes, for power, not for Sometimes country.
0: you run a little long, and you don't really get as, <laughs> all the all the information you need to you do your job. You feel great
1: there. as you're walking back to the office, but as you're looking at the transcript, you're realizing mm-hmm. you very little, except for some low moaning. Um, so, yeah, so sometimes that's a good, a good technique to kind of get them started. Uh, mm-hmm. and other times, if they're all business, if they're very busy people, you figure out what their favorite issue is, and you start with that. Show to them that, hey, uh-huh. I actually bothered learning about you, and...
0: And they actually do have a favorite issue. They're not just I think
1: who quite are, a few of them do. Yeah, they have something that they're an expert on or something that's particularly near and dear to them or something that they're working on extra hard at that uh, particular phase in the cycle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like I have such a limited... I mean, I've met a few politicians, but I can't say it's enough to... You know, most of my knowledge about politics involves, like, the president of your high school graduating sure, class. Sure. Kind of a thing where it's sort of a popularity contest, and the person who wins is... Years later, you realize, that was a mistake, this guy. He was just popular. <laughs> He's not holding it together. He can't organize a reunion. But these are <laughs> these are people who.
1: Uh, well, you didn't know at the time you're voting for him. That twenty you know, years we later, you going through a bitter divorce and a custody battle, and uh, right. now you're not going to get Vienna sausages so you're, uh, at your reunion. You're yeah, well, that's the problem
0: when you're voting for high school president. Yeah. There's nobody really there explaining like <laughs> you're voting on something that's not even going to matter until twenty years from now, and then. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. So think hard about it. Um, But I ran for vice president, and it's just like, thank God I didn't win, because I would not be
1: doing anything. I ran for treasurer, and I lost. I don't even know that there was money that the treasurer would be able to oversee. I'm not even sure. I think it happens. I think
0: that, again, it happens later. Like, you're in charge of treasuring treasury for the reunion thing. I mean – it's sort of like you would be the go-to choice but then when you said look I've got a real job now and I don't really care about high school anymore yeah. they would say okay well, we're going to let Mary do it then <laughs> you remember Mary? and all that time. she gives a shit <laughs> she can still fit in her whole uh, cheerleading uniform and so
1: well, God bless Mary I would like she'll do it yeah. she's she's a lot of
0: fun is she? Um, two times divorced <laughs> really? a lot of fun you <laughs> say? a lot of
1: fun <laughs> and looking to have
0: more. everybody yeah. says so no. um so what would you say what what are these I'm I, so I'm curious about politicians like sure. what what do you uh, what would you say in general are they all just greedy terrible people no. that are, as they're portrayed by everyone just dumb asses who aren't trying to help us who just want to suck up who just are using congress to get into a later juicy corporate jobs after they shill for their these regional businesses is that what they're doing <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I would say this. I, I, there are, there are, as in, if you take a group of five hundred forty-one people, there are certainly people who certainly have those qualities to them within Congress. That mm-hmm. is not name three. Not, <laughs> not, <laughs> <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm jump drawing a mic. But the, uh, I would say for the most part, you're talking about people who are. Considerably successful in whatever walk of life they had. Is that there's very few people who basically come out of high school and say I'm going to be a congressman, and then bam, they're a congressman, and then that's what they do for the next 50 years of their life. They usually have some, you know, interstitial period where they're they're doing something, business or public activism or, or politics right. or something, and they're usually. You don't get to be a congressperson by being an incompetent moron. You're, you're too exposed. Well, you
0: have to be a little bit of a regional celebrity, successful business right. person. you have to, to be a able dynamo to of
1: some kind. Yeah, yeah. successful business person, successful congressman. So you're dealing with people who are, in a lot of cases, type A personalities who are very successful and very good at what they do. So again, the, like the notion that people are like these guys are all lazy bums and they can't figure stuff out. But like no, these are actually people who are very successful in a lot of walks of life and you're putting them all Mm -hmm. in the same room together and you say solve all our problems. Um, But there's a lot of different perspectives, so it's very hard to sort out. I mean, you try to get any group of 500 people to agree on stuff. It's not
0: easy. So but would you say you have more or less respect for the members of Congress after?
1: I would say I have more respect for, I I would say before, just because of my general love of uh, democracy in America, just love it or leave it, um, I would say that I generally have more respect for government going in and then having met more of them I would say I have far more respect for Congress than, say, the average uh, person on the street. Yeah,
0: but but you. You respect and admire them more after having talked to them than you did prior. I would say yes. Generally, I would as a say general yes. rule, with, with probably Why a couple sure. of exceptions. exceptions. Was anyone drunk when you went in to talk to
1: them? No, I did. A, one guy actually was getting a haircut when I talked to him. That was the weirdest circumstance.
0: Did you go to a haircut place or was it happening yes, in his is office? A,
1: there is a haircut. No, nothing. That would be great. Uh, there is a haircut. I, that's that's what
0: I imagine is just being so busy yeah. that someone is cutting my hair, like while I'm walking around, like I've got a clipboard and a briefcase and there's. Someone behind me trying to cut my hair.
1: There is a, uh, a barber shop in the Rayburn House Office Building, and I think there's also I think there's a beauty salon on the Senate side. So they actually have places so that Congress kind of people and their staff right. can actually get a haircut on the go. And they have like a dry mm-hmm. hair. And They have all kinds of little, like a little town in there, and so people will pop in, and the guy's just like, I got to get a haircut, so let's walk. So we walked and talked, and then I have the I'm trying to record him while the guy's using like the blow dryers in the background mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, man, yeah, that was the.
0: I feel like successful business people get their hair cut more often than regular people because I, um, they want to look they want they always want to look like they've just gotten fixed up.
1: It's that consistent branding. See, that's I go every 6 weeks whether I need it or not and I never pay more than $13 for a haircut. So maybe that's why I haven't gotten as far as I should have.
0: I've life. been cutting myself my hair myself for years. You
1: were just going to say you've been cutting yourself for years. <laughs> I cut myself.
0: <laughs> and also I cut myself. But that's... I don't really want to get into that. Um, I don't cut myself. But I do cut my own hair. You cut your own hair? I've accidentally cut myself before. I mean, I've okay. to be fair.
1: But you, you seriously cut your own hair?
0: Yeah, I have a Floby and I cut my own hair oh, for years.
1: Wow. Yeah. A Flo-be?
0: That's I think I've admitted that before on the podcast, I, but I may not have.
1: Is the Floby still in production? Like, what happened?
0: Yeah, there? you can buy new ones. I bought one. I bought one. The place that I bought mine has, has been out of business for more than a decade. Well,
1: that's what I'm wondering. Like, and so breaks, where do you get
0: the? Parts? It was as seen on TV, right? But then right. You know, I saw it in a store. Because I couldn't pull the trigger on TV, I had bought stuff off. Now, now people buy things off the internet all the time. But we're talking about when I bought the Floby, it was like you had to call up a number on your TV sure. and give some of your credit card and hope that when it showed up, it did what the infomercial showed it doing.
1: There was a, a degree of faith. It was like voting for that high school class. So
0: I went into this appliance store and I saw one, and I thought, well, for sixty, sixty seventy bucks, I mean, if I get, if I cut my hair twice with a thing, I paid it. It was a deal, and so. Uh, you know, cut to, I don't know, 18 years later, <laughs> that was getting, like, little part. I had to reorder parts <laughs> from the Internet, and I finally decided, you know, I'm going to buy a new one, just in case they do stop making them. I went on the Internet and found out that you can still buy them. They don't advertise them as much, but you can still buy them, so I bought a, a brand new one.
1: You were probably the closest thing that Floby could have to a celebrity endorser. What yep. do you think? I i <laughs> I, the only I, – I tell people that that's
0: – I cut my own hair with that thing after if they say, oh, your hair looks fine or in situations like this where it's a, it's a high-level haircut conversation.
1: Well, I just feel like if, if you – is there anyone who has a higher than a Jake Johansson level of fame who would openly admit to using a phobia? I just feel like you should really be raking in some pitchman dollars.
0: I might be the most famous Floby user that they can get their hands on. I could be. Should at least be. And this is a long-term testimonial. I mean, they could come to my house and I could show them the old one, which I still have.
1: There's professional headshots of you that over the years that indicate the Floby. Yes. The majesty of the Floby. There's all all those television appearances, as seen on TV. Your hair.
0: I was even cutting my hair with that thing when it was really long, too. That's amazing. but part part of that time, I was visiting a barber. But we digress a little bit. <laughs> we did. I want to read some of these profiles now. Who, so, who is who is a surprising member of Congress to you that was like, oh, this this is really here's a really interesting person that I didn't know about, or or here's a person that everybody thinks is this, but they're really they're that.
1: You know, I think the... It's it's interesting because you're dealing with people who are very keenly aware that they are being watched all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just they're in the media. They have, uh, to some extent, they're you know they have a genuine thoughts, genuine you know all this stuff, their personality. But they also have to sell this kind of public image of themselves. They're
0: on guard all the time.
1: Yeah, kind of, to some extent. There's some It people would be who
0: unusual if one of them texted his genitals to someone.
1: That would be an. Outlier. It does happen. It happens, but it's just not typical. I mean, yes. we, we're all you and me. We're we're emailing our pictures of our. Genitals to people at all times. It's a free. You don't even think about it. Yeah. But they have a facade to maintain. Well, I have
0: so. to promote my gig, so oftentimes <laughs> they do say, "Could you send us a couple headshots and one of your nuts?" And then I'll just shoot that off. But and
1: understandably uh, so. Um, so, but yeah, but you're always doing the notion that everything that they talk about, they have to, to bear in mind that it can be spun and thrown back in their faces all the time. So you're they're not maybe they're not cautious of the right word, but they they have a, a kind of a persona and a public kind of. They're operating within a boundary when they're talking to you. Yes, that is a good way of putting it. And so there's uh, it's, I enjoy when you get to have kind of like a genuine conversation. And a lot of time it comes when you're talking to them about their, their kind of their personal background or their personal story mm-hmm. because there's a little less controversy there. And it's something usually something they're really passionate about or something they really interesting.
0: So just quick – I'm working the math. So you did – so there's probably five, four or five people who are doing all these interviews. You did about uh, – Well,
1: actually, the, we use the newsroom, the, the whole company I have at my disposal. I can dish out a lot of – profiles to various people so there's probably all told there's maybe 70 reporters but most people do two or three I do you did it I did like a hundred but but I did not do I mean not to lessen the contributions of everyone else in the company are tremendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: but I was just saying, you did a lot. I was wondering, did, do you get to do, like John Boehner, you're in charge of distributing who gets to do who. I actually did you did get not,
1: to. That's I would not did, give myself John Boehner because it's very difficult. So it's easier for me to give that out to the guy whose job it is. We have reporters whose job it is basically to follow John Boehner around and and find out what John Boehner up to. Because oh, so Boehner's have good. the guy who kind of knows him talk. So have the guy who's the expert, in John Boehner, do that. And so what ends up happening is I end up talking to what you would call like a backbencher or a, mm-hmm. kind of the lower-tier people who you don't read about in the in the news all the time. I've talked to a couple of people who are maybe kind of like marquee. You would know who they are. Um, but uh, most of the people I talk to are kind of the quieter people that you wouldn't hear all about that much unless you were in their district right. or, you know, really watching C-SPAN all the time, uh, which I do. But, uh, uh, but those are – so like some of the, maybe some of the quirkier people or some of the more kind of interesting people. I don't know. Uh-huh.
0: To me. Yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. And
0: <laughs> Yes, tell dubious. me. A, I want to hear a
1: Corgi story. I want to. Uh, okay. keep, I keep waiting for a good one. Of my favorites. Story. One of my favorites is. Uh, um and it's the congressman from Wyoming. I think she's she's tremendous. Her name is Cynthia Lummis, and she's a, a, she is a rancher. She was a, the state treasurer of Wyoming for a while, but she uh, grew up uh, on a cattle ranch and still owns a cattle ranch and lives on a cattle ranch. And uh, I've met a couple of ranchers. They're always always interesting people. They always have great stories. And she, you know, I, I said basically, said, can you tell me? Give me a list of everything, every." cow-related activity that you have ever engaged in and she's you know
0: that's a good general question for all of generally, us, anyway.
1: that's yeah. also good it's like with you in the background it's just a good yeah. icebreaker give me a, <laughs> give me a general kind of rundown of all the
0: cow-related activities you, you you've done i mean if you and she, so what did she what has she done
1: she had uh, you know uh, birthed the cow uh, driven cow across driven uh, herds across a river uh, you know done every form of disgusting maintenance shoveled you know, cow crap, done uh, uh, tr- attempted intra vitro fertilization, mm-hmm. uh, done stuff like that, uh, had had to put cows down, had had to administer medicine to cows, did like a pull the calf out of a swollen creek. Yeah, wow. Well, birthing a calf, yeah.
0: that's, you have to put your hand inside of a cow to Yeah, do you got to yeah.
1: yeah,
0: That's, that's not, that's, it's, 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 that's the real deal. And so she, How? Sorry. (laughs) Congress people get elected every two years. They have to run for re-election. House, House, yes. They they have to run for re-election every two years. How long had she been the
1: Congress? She was in her, I want to say second term when I talked to her. So she'd probably been congressman for about three years when I talked to her. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, but just, it's like her start talking to her about the ranch and just like... She was nice before, but then when you start talking about the ranch, it just lights up like a Christmas tree. It is so excited to be talking to you about and ranching. She, and you know.
0: And does she love being a congressperson, or does she think, well, well I'll do this in another two terms or so? Some and then people
1: go back like or... it, some people hate it, and then they uh, kind of... Or get fed up, and they decide to leave. I think... I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what if she would be one of...
0: How old was she? Her. That's how I'm curious about She's, that.
1: I'm going to say, in her probably... I don't know. I know she has a daughter who just graduated college.
0: I know okay, that. I know. All that. right, that's all we need to know. Yeah. you don't have to. You I don't know do the exact the, age. You can do the math.
1: Oh, that's public record. But yeah, so um, yeah. And I met yeah, a Googler. I met Google a guy her. this year, uh, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, who's a guy from Oklahoma who uh, owns a plumbing company uh, and is. A, like hmm. hundred trucks and, and Mark the Plumber Mark the Plumber <laughs> uh, but had would also uh, at, at some point in his career been a, a briefly an ultimate fighter and uh, <laughs> really briefly oh yeah well it was 5-0 and oh, but you know it was wow. uh, he took over the family business and kind of went the other way as you said he was not a tremendous fighter but he really enjoyed it he'd been a high school he's wrestler. a
0: good enough fighter that if you you would like to know that before you kind of get mixed before up in an in argument with him yeah would yeah. no,
1: definitely yeah. Uh, so yeah no, you meet a lot of uh, a lot of interesting people one guy who was a uh, the guy from Tennessee from Nashville actually Jim Cooper who's a very interesting guy he's a uh, uh, when he was 24 I think 24, 25, he was elected to Congress back in the 80s. He was the youngest member of Congress. You have to be 25 to be in the House. So he was, at the time, the youngest member of the House and was in the House for like something like 10, 12 years. And then uh, I forget why. He, maybe he ran for the Senate and he lost, I think, mm. to Fred Thompson, Law and Order Fred Thompson. Yeah. I, I think that was the story. He's
0: trying to get me to reverse mortgage my house right now.
1: Is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold out, Fonzie has a much better deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's my okay. general understanding. So, yeah. And he came back. But he's just a really interesting guy, kind of a big in the public sector his whole life and uh, and had some business experience, too, but just really. So he was,
0: he was there for six terms and then lost. Ran and then lost and, and then, then came, came back. back. Uh-huh. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, a lot of... Uh...
0: And how do they feel about... I mean, I suppose you wouldn't really ask them about this, but it, it might come up in some ways. I always wonder what these members of Congress and senators off the record behind the scenes feel about the way that politics that we see politics as citizens and observers of cnn Mm -hmm. you know we watch these guys they just go up and say whatever the party says that's what they say they back the line they seem like they just oppose each other out of uh, force to kind of maintain their ranks and no one's actually worrying about the problem like we're in a car that's speeding for a cliff and they're kind of slapping each other, whoever's got their hands on the wheel, the other person trying to steer it into the ditch, you know?
1: I think uh, it depends on the congressman. I would put it this way. I think a lot of that, everything you just described, is kind of trumped up for whatever purposes. I'll put it, if you are, let's just say, if you're a Tea Party Republican, just use the A, whatever the broad stereotype term is, and you are legitimately convinced that... Uh, uh, the government debt is so great and that the national, you know, the federal deficit is so bad that it's really going to basically cause structural problems that are going to basically ruin America for right. whatever. If you believe that, and I have talked to people, I do not doubt at all that they believe it. That, that they believe it, sure. And you, know, you can argue one way or the other if you think it's right, but I don't doubt that they believe it. Then why would you accede to anything that will in theory destroy America? At <laughs> the same token, if you're a Democrat and you really think like, oh my gosh, if we start cutting these programs people are going to be dying in the streets. It's going right. to be Well, I'm not really talking
0: play. about the Tea Party Republicans or the yeah. liberal, they want to st- plant, a, start other- a socialist regime, Democrats. I'm talking about the people in the middle. It's like, why don't we see more actual solutions? Why do we see a lot of posturing and arguing and brinksmanship instead of, like, look, I mean, I feel like this whole Obamacare, my yeah. analysis of it, is... It's not really the – no one thinks it's the best thing, and the Republicans kind of allowed it to pass That they, because they know it's going to be sort of a disaster, but they also could let their corporate cor- – these corporations want to get out of – paying for health care. Mm-hmm. And so this is a way for them to say, hey, we got you out of that jam, but we're going to blame the Democrats for it when it goes bad. And then ultimately, we're going to get a good solution after we clean up the mess from this solution that well, we that's actually passed. That's I mean, my—that's what I think is going on. But
1: this could be devil's advocate. But You're... so
0: why did we get that? Why did we get that in se- instead of what's going to happen after we clean up the mess?
1: But like no Republican voted for the health care bill. None. Right. I mean, in the House. no, they're constantly voting to try and stop. it. But none of them voted for it in the first place. It wasn't like they kind of it was went through the that was all Democrats. Democrats ran everything. Then they put through the entire bill. I mean, that was the Republicans never. Well, these stupid Democrats. The other side, wish, but if you want the other side of but but they could, but, the but they,
0: I think they have some marginal guys who are right. Okay, I see. I get what you're saying. You're saying that uh, every there are these. Uh, middle ground politicians on yeah. even the majority side that steer it towards the other side.
1: I guess I, it's interesting because there's been a change in dynamic. I've been doing this for – we started talking to people back in 2010. So 2010, big wave election, they call it. And so uh, tons and tons of Republicans, almost no Democrats come into Congress. So big uh-huh. flip. Republicans take back the House. Um, Everyone's, it's like anything. It's like momentum in sports. And your, your team's like, oh, yeah, we're charging the castle. We're <laughs> yeah. charging the castle. Let's go. Uh, so you have that kind of level of enthusiasm, and you have a lot of people who uh, uh, were really not in the mood to argue or debate, you know, or did they just really wanted to do... They debate? felt like they were on the wave of a... They just won, and they felt, and that's, I mean, that's whoever wins. Whoever the most recent get, team that win, they that's always been the attitude, like, let's let's go, we're, we're in charge now. Um, so you have that attitude, but then you have, not a lot happens, or there's a lot of arguing that doesn't play too well in public opinion polls, and so then you get to 2012, and you look at the number of people who come in, obviously Obama gets reelected, but then you also have, pretty even in the House, pretty even split of, like, it's something like a little more Democrats than Republicans, but it's something like 40, 45 to 40, something like that. Mm-hmm. But whatever the number is. Um, so you actually have a lot of the people who came in this year, who were sworn in in January and new Congress members. And that's who we're talking to now. We're talking to all the freshmen. It's
0: 2013.
1: It is 2013. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is for people who might be listening to this long into the future after the total right, dude, annihilation of everyone on, on the planet.
1: Well, democracy is really going to cease to exist, as we know, in around yeah. 2015. I like to be.
0: think that some of my podcasts are going to survive the total global They'll disaster. They'll
1: probably come. be sent into space. As yeah. in the event that so, so
0: after this last... Uh,
1: you have a much bigger influx of people who are kind of interested in that notion of what you're describing. Uh, uh, at least at least publicly. I'll put it this way. The, the negotiating in the middle ground stuff, that always happens, but a lot of times it just happens mm-hmm. kind of behind the scenes and quietly. It's not done out front because a lot of people feel if you're going to do those kinds of negotiations, once you start doing them in public, the media starts looking at it, and all it the internet looking at it, yeah. and it becomes political, and it basically makes it a lot harder if you do your job. Um, one of the best examples they had, um, the immigration stuff that they're working on. There was an immigration working group in the House, which was something like, uh, uh, I forget, like four four to to six Republicans and Democrats on each side who apparently had been working on immigration for about three, four years. They had just been talking to each other kind of quietly and not making a stink about it and not introducing any bills. They had just been meeting when they found time in their schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, to kind of talk about it. And then when they finally came like, okay, this is now what we're going to do immigration, they suddenly showed up like, hey, we got all these ideas. We've been working on them. We didn't say anything because we knew you guys would totally get in our way. And then, so that stuff goes on. It just—it's not public. But now, but then,
0: but then they made those ideas public. Did they or They don't? have.
1: They are yeah. starting to broaden now. Whether those plans actually even comes to them, who knows that? But it's, it becomes much harder once you start kind of putting it in the public. Well, stuff.
0: I think that if the public also kind of starts to take more of an interest and express it back up the. Ladder to Congress, you know, if that information—oh,
1: the public doesn't care. No, but that's the real realistic? problem. That's the
0: real problem. That's why democracy oh, yeah. is sort of oh, a, a mess, is because sure, yeah. the, the amount of people that are voting is so small. Sure, sure and that's how you can—that's yeah. how nuts get into Congress, and that's on both sides. <laughs> nuts get in there because you got a twenty percent voter turnout, so a majority of twenty percent is eleven percent of your. Eligible voters are deciding who's going to represent you. That's not good, mm. America. Wake up. Start cutting your hair with a Flobie and get out there and vote. You save yourself a lot of time is what I'm trying to say. And money. The, yeah, it's and money. responsible. And money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a kid to put through college. I know you. <laughs> Listeners.
1: Yeah, no thanks to Congress. Um, yeah, so I don't know. That stuff goes on. I, but I do think you have more people who are outwardly, uh, outwardly willing to discuss the fact that they want to... Cooperate a mm-hmm. little bit more. So that's kind of been more chic this year, I guess. Uh, for the last uh, the last few months, there's a lot of stuff coming up in the next few months. All the budget crap that you know, you see if it's going to hold up through all that. But oh, well, aren't they going to?
0: Is it going to be that whole that? Uh, yeah. Uh, debt ceiling Oh, thing. the is entire that up again? Uh,
1: global economic system is going to collapse inward on itself. Like a, It's just going to be like a giant sinkhole. And it, when does that happen? Uh, it, uh, I would say probably uh, 50 years of depression and, uh, and worldwide No, but starting when? Uh, uh, probably uh, Christmas? No, no. Before that, September 10th, I think. Something like that.
0: September that. 10th.
1: September. Oh, that's and good well, timing September because remember that big thing were.
0: happened on September 11th. So yeah. Then we do it to ourselves on yeah, the 10th. Yeah. Because he steal the thunder. Well,
1: that's when that's when they come back, and that's when the, the
0: uh-huh. negotiations really start. So. Oh, so they're out right now. They're not. Uh, at home. Yeah. They're all at home. Well, they're not all at home because I saw them. At that Martin Luther King anniversary that was like thing Martin's yesterday, most of the guys though, yeah, most of them guys. yeah, did you go? Did you go to that? I didn't. It was. I got scared by the traffic and the security, and the, I didn't want to have to. I didn't want to get all excited dealing with a man before I had to come and do my shows, my Martin Luther King 50th anniversary show here at the Improv in DC. <laughs> That's
1: very uh, civically minded of okay? you. Yeah, it's I wanted to. Yeah. T-
0: I watched it on my TV in the hotel a mere walking distance away from where it was actually happening. And that's America in a nutshell, isn't it?
1: Did you fall asleep at any point during watching and have a dream?
0: No, I didn't. Oh, I'm true. under the impression that I can vote with my phone.
1: You might be able to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> For so, American Idol, at the very least. At the very least. Why can't why is it that we can vote for American Idol with our phones
0: but not our Congressperson?
1: Well, you just have to ask yourself which one has the greater bearing on the future course of America. And I think American
0: Idol, American right? American Idol, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Are we
1: really going to invest the technology? On a day-to-day
0: this, day to you day know, basis, which one affects with the stars. which one are most people aware of? Yeah. It's the outcome of that American Idol. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Anyway, I'm hopeful. Based on this they information that you've given me about our, I, our representatives.
1: Most of them, I would say, put in a good faith effort and have sincere interest in making the country a better place. They are not all, as people... Portray them to be self-centered, or, or you know, there are people like that, but most of them have a genuine interest in making the country a better place. They just have different approaches to
0: it. Could you send me a picture of this giant book so that I can, I can with absolutely. next to a pencil or a fa- or a human head to get to get just to give it get <laughs> a sense the human
1: of head that? be attached to a human? Or yeah, it human it head head. yeah, it should be. It should be.
0: Yeah, it should be. I just that was a little bit of a trick thing because if you sent me <laughs> yeah. a severed head next to it, it would be like you're fired. It's
1: very large, but
0: you're smart enough to know that it's a big book. Yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway, I'd like to. See A picture, and then I can put it on my site for people. That would be delightful,
1: and then for a mere a hundred or so dollars, you could buy a copy of it on Amazon.com. If you were so, is that what they cost? Huh? It's a textbook. It's twelve hundred pages, Jake. And so, what is it called? It's called. It's called Politics in America. Is the name of the book.
0: Politics in America. I have an app on my phone that actually gives me a list of all the Congress people and their. Press flack and whatnot. Really? But it doesn't give me a bite. How buy. angry
1: are you that you're contacting people's press flacks all the time? I,
0: this is a thing that I thought I was going to do. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to start being the cranky guy. Like I'm going to watch CNN and something's going to happen. I'm going to go. All right, I'm going to text her right now.
1: Yeah, my dad is actually a letters to the editor kind of guy, but I don't know if he had that app. Maybe we could really. Uh,
0: yeah, well, let me see, see if I can. Phone bill. Let yeah. me see if I can find it. Who's on your here? congressman?
1: That's what I find interesting is that people don't even know who their own congressman is. So if you go to a party and you ask people, uh, uh, well, it wouldn't be a very good party if you were asking people about their congressman, but. People don't even know who the vice president is, so forget (laughs) about. Who's your congressman? Uh, Henry
0: Waxman.
1: Henry Waxman, really?
0: Did you get to interview him?
1: I have not. He is a very intimidating and uh, probably, I think, arguably the most attractive man in Congress. I don't even think he would. uh, The
0: most attractive. Yes, he is. uh, Here it is. It's called powerful,
1: powerful human being.
0: It's called Congress.
1: Have you met Henry Waxman? Uh,
0: No, I haven't. Mm -hmm. I haven't. I have voted for him. I hope. He, I think he'll be pretty excited about that. <laughs> the 113th Congress is now in session. Tap below to buy the update for 99 cents U.S. Hmm. Restore. I'm going to just say restore yeah. and then see what it does. Because I bet, I think, anyway, why am I doing this during the podcast? I don't know. I don't know. You made me want to do it. I'm probably going to get an alert now. Todd Akin, is he in there or no?
1: Oh, no, he's gone.
0: Yeah, see, I still have him. Yeah. He was the automatic abortion.
1: Yeah, he ran for the Senate, and it did not work out to his advantage.
0: Yeah. Well, it's nice that eventually we filter out the dumbasses. Not in comedy, though. (laughs) I I got a show tonight, two tomorrow, two Saturday, and one Sunday, dcimprov.com. This is going to come out afterwards, but that was just, I thought it was fun. Um, So, Allison, your uh, wife, was telling me another topic that I was asking her about. Yes. Because I hear this at comedy clubs all the time, Mm. is people talking about the younger... Are younger Americans entering the workforce and their attitude about appropriate behavior at work and like what you can get away with in terms of showing up late or not doing your assignment or or whatever.
1: When was the last time you worked in a regular workplace? I work in a regular work. I mean, a comedy club is a is a I mean, yeah, to some extent. You
0: know, so I'm not talking about the comedians, yeah. I'm talking about the wait staff. So that's the inter- that's the interesting yeah. thing about a comedy club is you've got this culture clash between highly paid celebrities like myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you know be using <laughs> let's just say marginally successful sure. entertainers and then um, then you've got the managers and entrepreneurs at the club who are who are paid uh, you know they make a decent living sure and then then you've got the the cooks and the dishwashers and the waitresses and waiters who who make a decent living but it turns over so you have that that younger workforce which is one of the fun things to me about this job is that you get to hang out with younger people and talk to them about what they're into that's how i find out about my music <laughs> it's just like i get my news for people coming up and saying what the hell's going on i listen to young people and what they're listening to and then i say what's that music is that cool is it okay if i like that hmm. Katy perry is just for little girls not really <laughs> i've seen the movie
1: twice are you going to see the uh, what's the one that's out it came out this uh, this weekend well, the british guys um oh uh one direction is that them no. Who are they? What's
0: the No, name? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking
1: about, sure you unfortunately. Don't. Sure you don't. Wink, wink. I'll find out after this. Yeah. This is the, exactly the kind of yeah. inciting incident gonna go. that's going to get me this up. weekend, we're going to go to their concert movie. I think it opens now. Yeah. So
0: anyway, before you got here, I was Paris asking my favorite. Yeah. I was asking Allison about, uh, because there's turnover at the staff here every time sure. you come back. Like, Luis, who's the manager bartender, yeah, is one here of here the guys forever. who yeah, I know yeah. forever. Yeah. But I was here before him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I was here before Allison. I mean, John Johnson's the guy who's been here since the beginning. And everybody else has kind of turned over over the years. And uh, so it's funny to come back and see all new staff. And now I'm older, so I'm not going out drinking with the staff. I mean, maybe we have a good drink. have a drink once. But um, I was asking her what it's like. What are, the, what are the 20-year-olds like? Because I was talking to another club owner who was talking about how, you know, they'll just not show up for their shift mm. and then come in for their next shift As if, well, of course, I still have a job. I didn't come. I had tickets to go see a, a a band, so I didn't come last night. You know.
1: Yeah, why would you? Why would you? Or show up late. Or, or show up late for the shift. I, we have a, I have a buddy who, uh, who works in, uh, he lives in Boston, and he, uh, he works for a company that basically franchises Dunkin' Donuts. So they have tons and tons of employees. Uh-huh. Um, and they, you, know, you just get stories like that all the time where people just don't show up or people just don't do reports. And then they kind of are baffled. But when you go and criticize them and say, like, hey, uh, you really might want to straighten this out or do something that's not an actionable offense for me to fire you. And then they're just like, what do you mean? Like, like you can't, that's the you can't. attitude that's funny to me. That's like back in when
0: I was when I was a young person with a job, and I did something like that, it would be like, "Oh yeah, I didn't. I'm sorry. I, I'll fix that." Yeah, I, that would have been my attitude, not the way people are now, which is like, what, why? Oh, you mean I have to do you, that? You mean I should
1: fix You it? mean I have to do that? <laughs> I had uh, I, thought that I thought everything was just optional. I have to do those things. I had, it, it was basically, it's like you're managing a big project work, and so I have uh, basically no power to discipline anybody whatsoever. And I would say 97% of the people you work with are great and do all the work and, in good faith and, and do, a, you know, do the most they possibly can. But then I remember I had one person, it was probably like a year ago, was supposed to hand something in, and it was late and you'd send a message saying hey where is this and then no no reply back a few weeks go by, hey, I really could... A few weeks go by? Oh, yeah. You don't just I mean, go over to talk to them at their desk? Or? Oh, it's you know what? That's The sad thing is, that's how it would have been done. You would have just gone over to talk to someone at their desk, or you would have picked up the phone and called them. And yes, you can still do those things, and it's not a terrible idea to do those things, but you almost want to do emails now, because you want the paper trail. You want to have that electronic system so that... Electronic paper it's, trail. It, yeah. Right, we you still want, call it a paper trail. You want the... Right. You
0: want, But you, the, the you want to document the actual... You want to
1: document something that is not just like, oh, I could this could be misinterpreted. I want a record of it exactly what i said to someone and what they did or did not send back to me and it's 100 mm-hmm. percent verifiable so you can just sort of eventually throw it in someone's face and be like there you go it's sad that it's gotten to that but that's kind of like the you gotta litigate all these sorts of things now it's like you didn't get it for well a you months.
0: gotta build a case you gotta build a case before you can do anything
1: well then i finally got to the point where it's was like hey i need this like now i was like oh but i'm i'm going on vacation i i i have off friday because i'm I'm going – we're going camping and I was going to leave work early to go pick up some camping supplies and then I'm going to be gone for two weeks and then when I come back, I'm going to have all this other stuff to do. And so I was like, not only do I not have this, it won't be available for another month. It's like, you, you already missed your deadline by a month. And it's like, oh, I don't understand how I could possibly get this in. It's like, no, this should be you staying up all night and handing in the thing that was due – and it's you're trying to have a conversation with someone where they're not even understanding the the rational point that you're making. Like, you had a job to do. It was a clear and defined job. They'll just job. let the
0: car go over the cliff. Yeah, they kind of. It's they like, don't really care. Yes, like,
1: you had a job. You didn't do the job. What are you going to do to make this right? And then it's just like there's not even the concept of I didn't do did anything wrong. It's just, oh, well, I, I don't see why that would... Well,
0: so wrong. who's supposed to do it then? Is it, is it you? Like, hey, I didn't do it, so... I'm on vacation, why don't you do it while I'm gone? Or or is it just like, I'll do it when I get back?
1: I think that's the saddest thing when you're dealing with managing people is that you kind of reach the point, you talk about opportunity cost, you reach the point where it takes so much effort and so much energy to run after these people and hector them and shake them and be like, why aren't you doing your job? That eventually you reach the point where you're like, well, it would have been faster if instead of yelling at you for the last seven, eight weeks, I could have just done it myself and it literally would have been done faster and better. But that's not... It's not a win. It's not a victory. You want to win. No, you know I know.
0: Mean? Well, yeah. But this is my... This is where I'm at, and the question that I always ask when I hear these stories, which I've been hearing, as I said, in other comedy yeah. clubs, is, like, why... Why in a world where they talk about it's 9% unemployment, and that's... then that's a, a ridiculously yes. low number, because that doesn't include the people who've, who are just so discouraged, they've quit looking for jobs. Yeah. Why isn't in a world where no... Everybody needs a job, why... Why don't you just fire this person and hire one of those other people to do why, it?
1: If in a world where everyone needs a job, why wouldn't you feel insanely motivated to hold on to your job as much as you really? Well, because you know that you don't have to. You're
0: never going to get fired. But what I'm saying, why don't they get fired and you hire another person? Why isn't it just like, okay, next? Why don't you just do that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any I'm a horrible manager of people. That's why I prefer working alone. I'm a lone wolf. Yeah.
0: Well, I had a friend who was managing a bookstore years ago, and he was telling me, but that was when it was full employment. So sure. they literally couldn't fire and hire someone else because every, it was everyone was working. You parking. couldn't, you you couldn't find another yeah. Yeah. person who would work for whatever it was at the time, $8 an hour. Mm-hmm. To do that. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, maybe if you paid people more. Maybe if you paid people me more. Me personally? Yeah. yeah.
1: I should have reached into my own pockets? I should have. Yeah.
0: Well, Allison sort of promised me some better stories that once I got you going on I that. Can't. No, I don't But know you can't tell the stories. You're no, nervous about your coworkers.
1: Well, I mean, some of them have since left the company, so I can't really do that. But yeah, I'm sorry. You can edit all this out. I really don't have that many more stories. They're, I mean, they're they're there, but I can't. Like I said, most of the people I deal with are fine. Just,
0: they're, just, they're fine. Just, a couple of annoying people.
1: Well, that's uh, in that life, though. It's like 99% of people are fine, and then it's the 1% who screw you over. That just burn and that you you spend all your anger and frustration and vent on them. It only and takes one person to really screw up the whole thing. It yeah. is interesting,
0: too, how you can have that person who's causing that irritation in your life and you can, for whatever reason, like either there's you can't fire them because you can't find a replacement, mm-hmm. or you need to get this project done, so you need to just get them to do their best and then pick up the slack yourself because You're not going to be able to finish it in time anyway. But it's it's amazing how much of life involves that person. That like, why can't I just fire? You know, in the movies, you just fire them and you hire someone else, or you punch them, or you get to (laughs) punch them. You just go, you are a screw up, bang right in the face. But in the real world, that's just not how. No, they hang around for a good eight months. They run you. They 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 are in charge of making you miserable instead of the other way around.
1: That makes for a less tight screenplay, though. That's the unfortunate thing. It's like When you're, yeah. when most of your second act is you just, you know, angrily composing an email and then rewriting it and then saving a draft, and then like, is this too angry? Am I going to get sued for this email? You know.
0: Did you ever read that... Too? Herman Mel- it's Herman Melville, I think. Bar- Bartleby the Scrivener. Ah, uh,
1: that sounds familiar. I've never read it though.
0: Yeah, it's this guy who's got a job, and and they keep trying. And it's written, you know, it's the same guy who wrote Moby Dick. It's mm-hmm. written a long time ago. Uh, yes. So he's got this job, and uh, they keep trying to get him to do his job. And they say we want you to do this or that, and he just says, "I'd prefer not to." I prefer. And they and they and they they go back and they have these meetings with their, each other all the time. Like, what the hell are we going to do? He says he'd prefer not to. It's like, well, have you tried? Just ask him this way. Ask him again. Or no, no, no. We'll let we'll have a special meeting where he feels really important, and then we'll ask him. Again. He just keeps saying, "I would prefer not to." It's great to. It's not that long of a story either. It's so like you could office read space. It. You can read it in the time.
1: Office space. The modern, yeah. yeah. Right. A, I'm just not going to go. I'm just not going to go to work. What are you going to do? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: that's our dream job, isn't it? I like my job. I've got a good job. You do like have a good away. job?
1: Mm-hmm. You have time to cut your own hair. And
0: mm-hmm. so, what's next after this uh, CQ? What is it? CQ what? Roll call. CQ roll call. I don't know how I forgot that. It's been I a long podcast. Rolls
1: up the top. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Well, so you're a journalist, right? A journalist. This, is, this is being Ostensibly, a journalist. I'm a journalist, yes.
0: Did you graduate with a degree in journalis- journalism? I
1: did. I did. I have a degree in journalism from the University of Richmond, Virginia. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. And
0: that's the capital of Virginia, isn't it?
1: It is the capital of Virginia. Yeah. yeah. And the Confederacy, if you're you know, going back even further.
0: I think it's time we let that go, but they people in the no. South love to tell you that no. over and over 100%. again. Are you a native of Virginia? Were you born in Virginia? I'm not. Virginia? I, was,
1: I was born in Philadelphia.
0: Oh, that's also historically important to the United States. I can't nah, remember. No, no, something happened there. Something. Yeah, but yeah, it was a long
1: time ago. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, are you looking for? For do you think this is going to lead to another? Would you want to have a job like at the Washington Post, being a?
1: I used to work at the Washington Post. I don't need to go back there.
0: But you didn't have the sweet, sweet job of going out and getting the muck and the dirt on the. Did you?
1: I'm actually really bad at that. I'm actually really good at what I do now. The non adversary I'll put it this way: I, I used to do reporting in college, and uh, if they had, we had like the one, ca- the one time that something interesting happened in Richmond was a, a student accused a teacher of sexual harassment, and uh, it was ended up being bogus. The girl was crazy; she just uh, made up the claim. And I had to cover that, and I hated every second of it. Having to call people up and say, "Like, hey, uh, do you want to comment on?" uh, It's creepy. There is
0: sort of part of being a journalist that's creepy because you have to convince people that you're their friend, and then you have to get them to tell you a secret, and then once they tell you the secret, you have to
1: stab them them it it in the newspaper. (laughs) It's like, oh my god. I kind of like I kind of like the arrangement that I have now, where it's like if I go to talk to someone, I know that you're trying to present the best possible image of yourself. I only have thirty minutes of your time. Time, I'm not really looking to figure out, you know, again, oh, did you murder your wife? I'm not really trying to right. figure that out. I'm just trying to get a generic, not yeah. generic, but like an a overall picture per person. And it's, it's a useful service, but it's not the adversarial
0: yeah. kind of thing. Cut the bullshit. <laughs> Which do you like more, hunting or fishing?
1: Let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Let's get down to brass tacks. Oh, they're both great. Yeah. Uh, that's a so I, I am horrible at the adversarial kind of thing where you have to go in and tell someone, like, hey, how do you feel about your son being stabbed in the face four times? Is, is that Did that make you feel good or did it well, make you feel Well, that's not bad?
0: adversarial. That's just creepy. That's the even kind that, of journalism. Yeah. Like, I don't even understand why they ask those questions. Like, how do you feel after some terrible disaster? Yeah. Hey.
1: Your son just had a a railroad tie blown through his head by a storm. Hey, uh, what's your response to that? How do you feel? <laughs> why do they Why do they make you ask
0: that in journalism? Because everybody knows that that people feel terrible after something like that's
1: that. that's what you would think that just the, kind of the implicit assumption would be that you know I we can all imagine easily what that person's up to. I don't think that, and the odds of the person suddenly giving you a Shakespearean soliloquy on like on grief and suffering is uh, very. Small. I mean, you're not getting any value out of that. But okay. it's, it's just that's mo- it's just people doing a job. I don't. This know.
0: is a good final question. Then, sure. Who is the most terrible? <laughs>
1: <laughs> politicians or journalists? Oh wow. Um. Hmm. You know, politicians at least have to win an election to be a successful politician. There is no licensing process to become a journalist. So to say that journalists are the worst would be a broad statement, but I would say that
0: uh, It's a tough call, but when you finally go and watch the video replay, journalists are more terrible.
1: Probably. That's,
0: Myself that's included. That's what you're saying. I that's can see your face and I know what I'm you.
1: saying. I, I would say there's more journalists than there are politicians, too. It's a wider, it's a wider uh, yeah. sample size. So I'm going to say probably journalists, but I don't know. It probably depends on the day. Eh, journalists. We'll go journalists. Journalists yeah. are evil. They're the devil. So anyway, so what's next for me in the world of journalism? If I had two, if I, yeah.
0: If I had two pictures that I could show you right now, one is that Anthony Wiener picture, sure. and the other one is that Geraldo. Did you remember the Geraldo? Oh, the Geraldo selfie. Oh my huh? God! Wow. Oh. Which
1: one would I want to see?
0: Yeah, you don't want to see either one. No. I know that. I haven't seen any of the Wiener pictures, but I looked at that Geraldo thing because it was another one, as everybody's talking about it. So I got to Google it and find out what it is. As a
1: comedian, you have a societal obligation. To look and it's that not picture. so terrible. Like it's just.
0: Embarrassing. It's not like viscerally like, oh my god, that's his junk. But it's like, dude, no one you. That's not you don't you shouldn't put that picture out there. Yeah. That Geraldo didn't know that after all these years.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I uh, we just reached a point that's just a shameful thing. I I don't know why I was thinking this the other day. I was looking at pictures of uh, President Truman as I do in my spare time. Of President Truman. I don't know. I was talking to someone the other day. Who was from Independence, Missouri, that's what it was.
0: I've been to Independence, Missouri, and I visited to the Harry Truman Presidential Museum and his the home. The home his it's actually his wife's mother's home, where he went to live yes. after he was president. Fantastic place to visit. It is so, it is great. Fabulous. It is I great. I heartily
1: endorse it. Um, but when you go you see the pictures of when Truman used to go down to Key West for uh, for vacation. You know, he used to go down for what they called it the little white house and he used to just hang out there. And he even let himself be photographed in these like Bermuda shirts and the Hawaiian shirts that were just kind of like open at the chest. And Truman was not in terrible shape but he wasn't classically fit he was you know big old gut hairy stuff Hanging out the president of the free world but we've know, got just,
0: such a, yeah. our culture in terms of your physical appearance has ch- really changed a lot just in my lifetime yeah. you know that the, this whole thing that women this this kind of body self-conscious image that has been put on women now they're doing oh, it that. now that right it was yeah. great yeah. if it, it would have stopped there yeah but now they're putting it on men yeah, you know wrong. there's guys now that are shaving their balls and getting yeah. peck implants getting peck implants and ca Implants and it's just like, okay, look, I'm not saying we should all go out with our shirts open like Harry Truman used to, yeah. but I do feel like a little bit of there's we got to be a little bit of like, hey, this is my body, you deal with it. I wake up, I got to look at it every day. It feels good for me to have my shirt open. Nobody asked you to take a picture. Nobody asked you to look at the picture.
1: I, uh, I, I could go either way on that because I could sort of see how I, I just like the notion of shaming people into not doing things. I really enjoy that. Have you ever just walked through? I mean, not to pick on Walmart because that's the punchline average joke, but just when you see the people walking down the street and they're wearing stirrup stretch pants and uh, and the the stirrups are really
0: the only way you can know what the people at Walmart look like is by going to Walmart, and that means you're a person at Walmart. That is true. So (laughs) that's what I'm saying is all of the uh, hey, attention Walmart shoppers! If you got it, flaunt it, and if you don't have it, that's somebody else's problem.
1: You don't got it. They probably have it at Walmart. Unbutton your shirt. Let's take a look just to be sure.
0: That's what I say. If, If I can just get a few people to Google Harry Truman man boobs. If I could get that to trend on Twitter. If that trended on Twitter, Harry Truman man boobs, hashtag, hashtag. Harry Maybe
1: madness. this whole venture of yours would finally become profitable. I'm
0: not sure how, but yeah. it would be a sign of success for me in 2013. <laughs> um, so, how long have we been talking? What do we do now? I don't know. I, don't, I feel like that's a good. We can high five, and this can be. Do you feel good?
1: I, I feel fine. I feel I,
0: good. I'm not being
1: paid for this, so I feel perfectly fine. Me neither. For the quality. Me
0: neither. Don't worry. I don't even have a donation button. You have to come find me personally and hand me money if you I enjoy can't this. I can
1: even demand a portion of the, the donations that this podcast would generate. So I, I feel okay with this. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's high five. High five. Sweet.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I turn it off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was my chat with uh, Chris White. Now I'm off to do my last show here at the. improv in D.C., but I have returned, while you were listening to that, from my visit to Ford Theater and uh, the boarding house across the street where President Abraham Lincoln died, and uh, it was uh, it was great. And I had f- forgotten to mention to you, I of course knew, that I have performed in Fort Lee, Fort, uh, in, in Fort, I performed in a fort, in a tree fort, uh, if you call that performing. Um, but I've also um, performed at Ford Theater, where President uh, Lincoln was shot, and i did a show there in the 90s for presidents. It would have been the first President Bush. So I had been in the theater on the stage but uh, this time I was in the audience listening to a park ranger talk about the Ford Theater and then downstairs was the backstage area where I was with Roy Clark and Tony Bennett. But uh, they weren't there. Now it's been turned into a museum. And uh, it was it was great. So I've had a little historic Washington, D.C. tour. I've looked at some snooty-tooty art. The Diaghilev Ballet thing. And uh, I feel like that's about enough culture for me. Now I'm going to go make some jokes, eat some dinner, and then fly back to Los Angeles to my lovely family. Hey, thank you so much for listening this week. And I hope that what you will do is come and see me at a show in the future. JakeThis.com is where you can find out about all of that stuff. And uh, one other thing I keep forgetting. I am part of a podcast network. It is called the All Things Comedy Network. And there are a lot of podcasts on there that you might be interested in. Uh, You could listen Ari Shafir's uh, Skeptic Tank on there. You could listen to Bill Bird's great podcast and uh, many, many more. Walking the Room with Dave Anthony and Greg Barrett. That's another good one. Uh, so enjoy those. Enjoy yourselves. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. And until we meet again, I bid you farewell. Talking into the machine.